Funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee. Streetwise Athlone In this series, we learn about the old and recent history of the streets of Athlone, hear the thoughts and memories of locals and tourists, and the changes we might see in the future. Episode 6, O'Connell Street and Surrounding Streets Historian Garrod O'Brien tells us about the history of the area. O'Connell Street is a relatively short street, joining Bastion Street and Connett Street. In the early 19th century, it was known as Wentworth Street, in honour of William Wentworth Fitzwilliam, the fourth Earl Fitzwilliam, who was Lord Lieutenant of Ireland from 1794 to 1795. In 1833 or 34, when Marcus Wellesley was Lord Lieutenant of Ireland, Joseph Malachy Fallon, an apothecary or chemist and a former postmaster of Athlone, who lived on this street, advertised his address as Wellesley Medical Hall at Lone. A couple of years later, during the term of office of the 6th Earl of Mulgrave as Lord Lieutenant, he changed his address to Mulgrave Medical Hall, Mulgrave Street at Lone. He was, alas, the only resident in Mulgrave Street, his neighbours preferring to stick to Wentworth Street. Number 7 O'Connell Street, with its ornamental columns, is perhaps one of the most attractive facades in Athlone. It was built as the first branch of the National Bank, later the Bank of Ireland. In 1837, when Daniel O'Connell visited Athlone in support of his son John, who was a parliamentary candidate for the borough of Athlone, he called in to inspect the bank. The street was later renamed O'Connell Street in his honour. Number 7 O'Connell Street also served as the residence of the Catholic Bishop of Elphin in the 1850s, when Dr George Joseph Plunkett Brown, a parish priest of St Peter's, was made Bishop of Elphin. He later moved to Sligo, the present seat of the diocese. Chapel Street is so called because of its proximity to the old St Peter's Church, which was in the building now known as the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre. This church served the parish from the late 1700s until 1937, when the present church of St Peter and Paul's was opened. The old church was converted into a parish hall. In the late 1950s, it was renovated and became the Dean Crow Memorial Hall, named in honour of Dean Crow, the man responsible for building the new church. Goldsmith Terrace is a neat terrace of houses developed by Listers, a local building firm, in the 1890s. And for a short time, the family of the famous tenor John McCormack lived here, thus enabling him to qualify for a scholarship to Summerhill College Sligo, which he was successful in receiving. Mary talks about her memories of being a pupil at St. Peter's School as a boarder. At that time, they were uh, just finishing off the laundry in, in St. Peter's. And uh, we were down where, where um, the uh, apartments are today. 
and it was still being run as a laundry um, for for probably for Summer Hill for the orphanage when I was there as a boarder. And uh, my early memories would be for going for walks, particularly on a Sunday as a boarder. And we had different uniform on a Sunday. And I remember that we had um, maybe brown berries on every other day, but we had our special blue berries uh, for, for a Sunday. And um, we were always taken for walks and it was a jolly old time. And uh, I've still retained a lot of friends from that time. And while I was there, there was a big construction of um, of a hall and a huge science laboratory. And unfortunately, it didn't last too long because um, at that particular time, uh, we were all transferred out here to Summer Hill. So there was a fabulous building that, you know, didn't last very long and uh, it was demolished and now in its place there are apartments and I'm talking about Exide Street, uh, Leicester Street in Athlone and all our all our subjects in St Peter's at the time were taught through Irish and we had some fabulous teachers um, particularly Sister Laurentia, uh, a fabulous teacher of Irish and we all did Latin as well up to up to junior cert and um, it was just, um, we can look back on it now as, as a very good time. Our, our playground at the time was where the St. Paul's National School is today. We had the most beautiful church and chapel in St. Peter's at the time. That's all gone, you know, it's all just a memory, but it was absolutely beautiful. Jarlis McNamara tells us about bandmaster Patrick Sarsfield Gilmore's time living in O'Connell Street. As far as I can ascertain, Gilmore came here on or around September of 1843, at which stage he would have been about 1314. And he came here supposedly to learn an apprenticeship in Fallon's Double X at the top of Pier Street and Connock Street and the idea was that Gilmore would learn the business trade. Gilmore it seems was more interested in the music that permeated through the streets of Athlone. Um, In one of the newspapers in my collection I have um, a beautiful cartoon and it shows young Gilmore teaching Fallon's children on a piano. So now you've an idea that Fallon must have realised, hey, this guy loves his music. He's supposed to have started his um, uh, composition uh, at, the, at, at that stage. And he composed a piece of music called Miss Ennis's Polka um, and uh, other various tunes at that time. But Gilmore learned an awful lot about music in this town here. All of this was whilst he was living in O'Connell Street and he seems to have, I wouldn't say he was, <laughs> he developed any love for the British bands or the British bands that particularly occupied the garrison. But what he did do was he learned to respect that type of standard from his musicians. They had to be military in terms of discipline. We speak to people about their memories and experiences in O'Connell Street. Mm, no, what is it? Was Frank Nolan the vet? 
Oh, Frank Nolan in the vet? He was up there. Oh. In the kind of street. What else was there? PJ Bannon's pub. Frank, Frank Nolan, yeah. Frank Nolan the vet, he had a practice up there. Where is it now? Beside for the car park is at the minute. Yeah. Oh. He, was our, he was our vet at our home place years ago. I used to have greyhounds, and I used to bring greyhounds to him. I used to have greyhounds, and he, he, would, call, he would call out to the farm. You'd, you'd, you'd ring him up, and he'd call out to the, he'd call out to the farm to the animals, treat the animals. That was in the 60s and 70s, and maybe before the 50s. We came here to Athlone um, because of some of the architecture in the old buildings. We just really got here. We had a beautiful lunch at Lowen Co. It, it was nostalgic and cozy and we had our own little room and the food was delicious. And now we're about to go explore the rest of the town. The other thing that's interesting, I'll tell you this, is I'm working, I'm writing a book. Oh, and it's a photography, a coffee table book about all abandoned ruins and about the entropy and the beautiful process that evolves that nature sort of creates, you know, in these structures. And it's, it's beauty that can't be replicated by humans, you know, and there's so much of that in this area. And so, um, so Athlone was, will be in the book when it, when it does come out. Oh, so. and what's your name? Um, people call me Jitterbug Pierce. I used to be a news anchor for NBC, so I, I'm used to talking. <laughs> Registered nurse Julie Jitterbug Pierce famously abandoned her news anchor job to provide aid to Haitians following their 7.0 magnitude earthquake in 2010. You never know who's passing you by on the streets of Athlone. Streetwise Athlone. Historical research and presentation by Garrod O'Brien. Additional research by Damien McKellen. Interviews by Amanda Gunning, Ursula Ledwith, Mel Ray, and Erica Follows Smith. Editing by Kyle McKellen. Produced by Amanda Gunning. The additional contributors to this episode were Mary McLaughlin, Jarlath McNamara, and Julie Jitterbug Pierce. Funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television license fee.